0: Welcome to Ty's Talk Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Woosley, and with me is co-host Justin Abbott. We are your immersion into the world of bodybuilding. Let's dive in. What is going on, guys? Um, I know this is a very, very long overdue. I think that I posted about this podcast probably in January. So here we are June, but better late than never. So, obviously, this is episode one, and just kind of wanted to get into it and introduce you to Justin, who's going to be co hosting with me. He'll be on every episode. And our intention is just to kind of give you the look into bodybuilding from every single angle. You know, maybe the things that you don't see. I know we already have a lot of questions to answer on this one. So, this is Justin Abbott. Justin, how did you get into bodybuilding?
1: Well, how I got into bodybuilding was this I like to lift. I was actually kind of chubby as a kid and like to play football, of course. And then. I kind of just got into lifting as far as going to the gym with my stepdad and stuff like that. And then just kind of grew from there. And then I, of course, I always wanted to be bigger and stronger in football and stuff like that. So end ended up making it to where I was going to the gym after workouts, after school, this and that. And it just kind of grew to more of just getting bigger and stronger and not even really worried about football. And then in college, when I was playing college ball, had something where our football team was at a basketball game and I was at a gym and uh, they actually got into it with a frat or whatever, and we actually got punished where we had we, like our whole football team couldn't leave the dorms after practice. And, like, that pissed me off because, like, that was my time to go to the gym. So, like, basically, I quit football because I couldn't go to the gym. That's basically how I got into bodybuilding. I ended up competing, like, the next year. No,
0: Knowing you, that's, like, not even a surprising story at all, which is kind of crazy because, like, you know, my story is, like, identical to that because, like, I played college football. I loved football. I was I ate up with football. And then I got to the point where I was enjoying going to the gym more than I was playing in a game. So I was like, man. Eh. You know, I'm going to do what I enjoy. Um, yeah. but, so I don't know if you guys know, but Justin's actually a client of mine. Um, super heavyweight bodybuilder, national guy, basically won almost every damn show he's been in, I think. Yeah. Uh, so we're in prep right now. So if he's... Like Except a-
1: for nationals.
0: No, he's still got, still got what, fifth? Yeah, fifth. So I saw Justin compete. How old were you when you competed at Arkansas? Uh, 18, it was
1: 2017.
0: So that was the first time I saw you and I could tell he was like very muscular. Obviously when you're young it's kind of like hard to tell like what you can be, but I was like this guy's like pretty pretty muscular and I remember one of my buddies was like that guy's that guy's good. Um but I just like started following you. I saw you getting better and better and I knew that you would be good, so it's really no surprise that where you are here. So do you uh you you coach people now, right?
1: Yeah, yeah I'm getting into coaching now more I was before uh, but during prep last year i kind of cut it off so i doing it just because i want to focus on prep but then after prep i got back into it and with the gym that we just opened up Roughhouse fitness me and my you know partner we opened up a gym so a lot of people coming in with that you know setting people up with training so like especially when they see me training they always want to get trained by me now i don't really do a lot of personal training like i don't like to train people in person because i've been part of gyms before where you're training people and stuff like that. It's really not my type because I like to stick with more competitors. I don't like to not coach lifestyle, but a lot of people that are just wanting to lose weight or something like that, I can't train them in person just because they don't have the, um, tenacity or the mental toughness to push a hard leg set or to push something like that. So, um, I don't really like to do the in-person training and stuff like that, but ever since nationals, I've kind of like got more into coaching. Um, That's what a lot of my questions are from those, a lot of my clients and stuff like that uh, for this podcast. But uh, yeah, it's going good. I got about a little over 20 on my roster, Um, probably half competitors, half lifestyle. Um, It's going good though.
0: The real question is, is do they train as hard as you do?
1: There is a few, which it's kind of funny that you mentioned that um, one of my, I would say probably one of my better guys, maybe not genetically blessed or anything like that, but. He's really good. He always sends me his training videos and stuff like that. And they're all, I mean, he trains hard. He trains to f- what a lot of people would call failure. But of course you train with me. So you know that a lot of times I train like to a real failure or maybe even like a past failure type of deal. And he always said, whenever he sends them to me, I, I always make a comment. It's never really like, like, it's not always a good job or it's not always like that. It's like, Hey, you know, like if you do fail on that machine, it's not going to smash you. Like he sent me one of like a bear squat. And I was like, you know, it's not going to smash you. If you go another rep and you don't get it. He's like, one day I'm going to send you a set that pleases you. And I was like, if I wasn't critiquing myself, I would have said I have another rep.
0: I feel like there's like a lot of guys out there that have genetics that are on par with you, but they'll never get close to where you are because they don't train as hard as you do.
1: I have definitely a client that's way better genetically gifted than me, but I've seen them train and stuff like that. And I'm always having to get on. them. like, man, like you're not pushing as hard as you need to. Yeah. Some people don't have to.
0: I think it's, I think it's one of those things too. It's like, as you get older, like which you, you caught on quick, but like, as you get older, it just like finally clicks, you know, you, you really find out like one day, like you're like, wow, this is failure. You know, like when you experience true mechanical failure and you go to that dark place, like once you finally hit it, you're like, wow, this is it. Because it's like not explainable. You know, especially like on a leg day, it's like you almost black out. And I try to explain that to, you know, my clients that sign up, you see all these like great clients that I have that I post, they all have the same thing in common is they are taking their training to absolute failure, you know? So like I could have two girls sign up or two guys sign up, whatever, at the same time, same genetics. And if this person's going to right before failure, and then this person's going to absolute failure, this person that's going to absolute failure is going to progress light years ahead of the person that's that's not giving it all in the gym
1: and normally you'll see it like I know you'll you see it too but I don't know do you have people sending your training like in their check-ins
0: yeah I I, I try to get it's which is hard because some people just you know like don't yeah. always send training when but I do have a lot in training so yeah um and it's hard because like you know you don't want to seem like you're like harping on them week to week yeah. but it's yeah. like there's always something that can be fixed in every set, you know? Well, there's
1: an expectation too of to be the best, but you can always, even if you didn't get that training video footage and you had, say you had two guys sign up, just like you said, two guys sign up at the same time, pretty close to the same genetics. Um, they're both in a calorie surplus. You're both trying to get them to grow. Normally you'll tell who's training hard as hell because they'll make the progress quicker. And then that's just how it always is. Like, Training to me is like, I've I've learned a lot from you, a lot from John Jewett and stuff like that about pulling back a little bit more. Yeah. So I used to go way too much and that can be detrimental too. But like, just like today, today was my quad day and we're coming on like four weeks out. So I'm dead as hell. But like, even like, say I did the mat set and then I did Smith machine squats. Like, I feel like just like a shell underneath the weight but I'm still mentally able to move the weight. Like, I literally, I told, so I told my training partner, I was like, you know, those little, you know, those little Katie dids that you see on the side of the trees and like, um, like every three years or whatever. That's yeah. exactly how I felt today, like underneath the bar. But like, you have to have the mental switch to go ahead and take it to that place too.
0: Especially at, at four weeks out or five weeks out, which, which, um, nah, we,
1: we under, we under five. It's four now. Yeah. There we go. Four. Well, before we get into the questions, I mean, tell people how you started coaching. I, I mean, no, we know how you got into bodybuilding, but how did you start coaching?
0: Back before, I really, when Instagram was starting, Instagram was just now popping off. It was 2014, I remember, and I remember making my Instagram, and I decided I was going to do a show because I went to the gym one day. The owner was like, hey, do the Mr. Arkansas, and I was like, what's that? <laughs> you know, so like me, I'm a, I'm a nerd, man, so I research, 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 and I'm like, okay, I need to get a coach. So I start asking around, ask one of my buddies, and he's like, hey, this is, this guy's the coach in Arkansas right now. And so I hired him. Um, his name was Trey Kidd, and he's a super intelligent guy, like super intelligent. And I don't know if he coaches anymore or not, but at the time, he was probably the only coach in Arkansas. So I hire him, and basically, like, I'm a very, very, like, a good learner. So, like, week to week, I'm, like, seeing the changes that he's making to my program and I'm asking questions and it's kind of like soaking in and then I'm doing my own research and then he moves to Tampa and I start going down there and visiting him and he's like teaching me more in depth you know so that kind of moved on from that whatever um winter winter different ways and um I became friends with like um Matt Porter John Meadows John Jewett uh, Matt Jansen like just making all these connections and just like literally picking their brain. And I I probably was this
1: before you started coaching people or is this
0: some of those were like Meadows and, and, um, and uh, Porter were before I started coaching. So I finally was like, you know, after I had kind of like basically interned under my first coach, I was like, you know, I'm gonna take someone on. I took them on, they won their overall. And I'm like, wow, this is way more of a joy than you know, when I won my overall, like seeing someone else do it. And so it just kind of went from there So like the guy that won the overall, he should have never beat this other guy. And so this other guy was talking to me and I told him that same thing. You know, he wasn't even being coached and I said, I said, honestly, dude, you, there should have been no reason you should have, you should have won the show, you know? Like, you know, just being honest with you. So he hired me It just kind of went from there. And it's, you know, I always preach, you don't have to advertise when you're coaching, you know? Which this is probably gonna offend people, but I see like these reels that people are making and like, Doing all this advertising. And to me, it almost like looks desperate, you know, because kind of getting off track here. But I feel like when you're coaching, like you need to be so good at your craft that it just the word of mouth gets out, you know. Yeah. What I'm yeah. So, anyways, it just grew from there and like just continually learning and learning and learning and developing these relationships with these coaches. And, um, you know, it kind of blew up. I remember I didn't even have a computer. I was working on my roommate's laptop, you know, with like five clients. And then, and then here we are today. So I guess that's short story. All
1: bikini girls though, right? All bikini Yeah, girls? yeah.
0: I'm, I guess all bikini. all bikini, bikini coach.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, it's kind of an inside joke. Me and Justin have that, uh, I'm known as the bikini coach. Um, we won't get into that one, but, um, anyway, so we'll go ahead and get in these questions. I'll tackle um, one of mine and then you can tackle one of yours. We'll probably do like three or four each this first. Episode. Well, maybe We
1: can just uh, throw yours out there and we'll kind of go back and forth.
0: Okay. So the first one at this person asked me if I get offended when clients leave me for another coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say like, offended no feelings hurt yes i do know that you have to have a um a barrier you know because like it's it's natural like people are going to leave you're you not going to keep every single client
1: mm-hmm.
0: um when i was younger first starting out like i did get more offended you know um, well
1: probably you probably get more offended but it was also because this is your actual job like this is your full-time job like so a lot of times that's money that you're losing out of your pocket but also being a client of yours, know how much effort you put into a client too. So and like, and going to these shows, like when we went to Junior USA's last two weekends or what go, whatever, you had what four or five, five competitors, and literally, not like i would i would be having to make your meals and stuff for you because you're you're worried of you know we're running around checking on your people that was just five people so like i know the time and the investment that you put into people right right exactly
0: so it's it's the investment exactly so like for example not naming any names i had a good relationship with a guy who um i worked with him for a couple years and you know he had his he did a national show did his best placing ever Like, probably, like, not, not, doesn't have very good genetics, and it's probably, like, the peak of where he'll be in bodybuilding, Mm -hmm. you know, just being honest, because he's an older guy. And, you know, a few days after the show, he leaves, you put all this effort, these people become family, you know.
1: I know you've had clients for multiple years and stuff like that, so, like, mine are all within, normally within a year and a half. Uh, most of my clients so if somebody leaves normally they're not going to tell me like oh I'm leaving you for this coach or whatever for like that you know a lot of times they won't even give you a reason or they just kind of give you some excuse but what's funny is I've already noticed I've had two people leave but once they realize the grass is not as green on the other side as they thought it was they end up coming right back to you because they got better results with you anyways I'm sure you've had that happen too
0: yeah I mean because like you're young and you're kind of naive right and like let's say I'm working with you And like, I'm like, wow, this coach over here is like, has all these Olympians and he can make me into an Olympian, you know, and then you sign up with them and And you see their diet. Yeah. 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 You, you realize like, wow, like I'm not getting much attention. Like I'm just kind of on this. So yeah, I mean, I think like sometimes it does take people realizing that and, um, which it is what it is, you know, it's like, you got to have thick skin when, when it comes to coaching for sure. Um, another question is, this is a good one too, because it's super popular right now. Um, they ask if I believe in diet breaks during prep, so, um, (laughs) so I will say again, younger career coaching, I would say like, no, but I think there is like some cases of women that will, that a diet break can help, help them get through the prep. So like, if you have someone who's like very stagnant in, in fat loss. And you're getting to where like this cardio worked up pretty high, these calories are getting low, and they're not behind. Mm-hmm. Then I think like a week or two weeks of diet break doesn't hurt. And when I say diet break, I yeah, I was
1: about to say, what do you mean by diet break?
0: I don't mean like, hey, let's go off the rails and like go, I mean, it's just higher food. So think mm-hmm. of like multiple refeeds, so mm-hmm. it's higher food, chop mm-hmm. cardio in half, mm-hmm. um, and then go from there. But also, you have to realize too, it's like. If a client is on a, on a time schedule and like they're eight weeks out and you look at their body and they need eight weeks. It's not very likely that you have time to do a diet break. I mean, could it work? Yes. It's like one of those coaching calls that you just have to be sure that that's what they need. So I don't use them that often. Um, but I think like they can be utilized and I know like there's a lot of coaches that like do use them, um, especially with women. So I don't know if you use them before. Actually, no, I've never, I probably know you're hardcore.
1: My my biggest deal is like a refeed or something like that. Just some metabolism. Um, I call it a metabolism ramper. If somebody's getting really stagnant and like one, I know they're not cheating. Two, I know they're putting the effort in. They're just real stagnant. It might have like a refeed, fill you back out a little bit. But besides that, I mean, especially if you're looking at a time time frame. If somebody has to be shredded by this day, then there's all there is to it.
0: Yeah, which which brings me to my, my actually, this is like a good kind of like off topic from the question here uh, mm-hmm. with what you said. So, um, getting clients that come to you, um, like, that have unrealistic um, timeframes, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, like, I always tell people, like, it, it is best to work with a coach year round. It really is not because like, I know it is expensive, um, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like you come to me and you're like, Hey, I want to do a show in 16 weeks and you have 30 something pounds to lose. It's like, Hey, we, you may or may not make it, you know, <laughs> like I can't make any promises here. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you had been working with me year round,
1: we you would never get to that point.
0: Yeah. We would never get to that point. So um, kind of just off topic there, but, so uh, I'll do this last question, and then you can do yours. Uh, which this is one. <laughs> this is one that may uh, be good here. How hard is it? <laughs> how hard is it to get a pro card? Um, you want to go ahead?
1: Well, it depends on what pro card you're talking about. Like you got, if you're asking about bikini, I would say honestly, I would say probably bikini is probably. I wouldn't say it's the hardest. I would say bodybuilding's the hardest. I would say bikini might be the second, just because everybody looks so damn similar. Yeah. And the uh, you know, a lot of times at the pro qualifiers, you are going to have the same judges. You know, most of the time, most of the head judges are going to be pretty close to the same. So you got to find out what those judges like. Uh, bodybuilding, I would say, is the hardest because. You're getting, you have way limited, well, a lot lower number of pro cards coming out with bodybuilding. But now, all the other classes, like junior nationals, only class that didn't get a pro card was literally bodybuilding. Right. So everybody else did. So is it hard to get a pro card or how hard is it? It depends on what you're looking at, I would say. It's a lot easier than it used to be. It used to be where literally just the top, the overall for the classes were the pro cards. And that's when you had, flicks and kevin Valeroni and um what was his name with the thick neck hunter gunner or hunter or whatever they were all in the same class you know what i'm saying yeah like,
0: which i i really like like obviously like i think that's how it should be 100 and i know like people have seen me post about this and it's like oh like he's just saying this because he's not a pro it's like no this is truly how i feel like yeah. so back in the day like i wanted to be a pro so bad because I was like, wow, like when I first started, you didn't see that many pros ar- around. Yeah. But now it's like every time I turn around, like, like I'm at my gym and there's like five pros in there. And I'm like, you know, I I'm know you, my, you know, I won my pro card at like Masters, this and that. And like, so not taking anything away from them because like they work hard, they look great. But I think there are like levels to pro cards. So like, let me say this. I do think it t- it does take a little luck to win pro cards too. At sometimes I think it, this is like how the class is. So like there was a girl a few years ago that didn't win her state show in Arkansas. And then she turns around and goes pro. And I think like, sometimes like that, it's just like the luck of like who's in your class, you know? So like sometimes can like be like where you're getting these easier classes because it's just a no matter who shows up. Mm-hmm. and then it's, like, sometimes, like, I'll have girls go, I'll have girls, like, just use it as an example, that look twice as good as this person that just went pro, and they're getting, like, you know, seventh place, yeah. you know, so it's, like, it's just so hard, because there's, like, you know, there's levels, and then there's, like, masters, because then, like, 45 and over masters, yada, yada, it's, like, you're only competing against those people, you don't yeah. even have to against the young so it's like yeah. i'm 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 really not a huge fan of the masters pro cards um yeah, I mean,
1: the I, masters masters pro cards should only compete in masters
0: yeah I, I think it should be like masters i masters pro you know what i'm saying yeah like Master, i don't, like, think, like, I I, I don't think like like for example like if let's say you win let's say you win the overall usa's you're mr usa the overall usa winner yeah. who's to say like someone that wins the 40 and over figure division d like, they had the same title as you, you know, where uh, you yeah. had to beat the best of the best, and they only had to beat the people in their division, mm-hmm. which it's just a money grab. You know what I'm saying? Um, But I will say, like, you're all right. Bodybuilding and bikini and um classic. Classic. Yeah, now
1: classic. The classic three is hard. one of my favorite.
0: Yeah, I think those are the three hardest to go pro in open right now. I think figure in women's physique numbers are like the lowest they've ever been like these figure classes. Like, I mean, it's not, obviously there's like some, um, you know, differences in different shows, but like you go to these shows, like there's like five figure girls in some of these shows. And like, so it's like winning a figure open, open overall is like not what it used to be. And like women's physique, there's like one chick, you know, mm-hmm. And then you go to these pro these national shows and they I mean it's the same thing they don't have very many girls in their class yeah
1: um
0: so like I said it's there's just like there's levels and it's hard to it's really hard to answer that which I think we did leave out wellness and men's physique men's physique was usually a ton of guys too so yeah, there's a
1: lot there's a lot of competition but there's I think it's kind of like a bikini deal well I think pretty much with physique you either have the shape or you don't like there's literally there's, it's like, it's almost like classic, either or classic or you're not, but there's yeah. a lot more people that are going into classic just because they can make the weight cap and don't necessarily look classic, but with physique, you literally got to have the tight waist, the, the, the freaking completely shredded core. Like you got to have the look um, yeah. and wellness also like, well, yeah, I'll is- say
0: wellness, wellness is getting way better. Like, if you remember like wellness, like the first the, year, the first year it was the COVID yeah. year. And, like, if you look at those girls now, which, like, some of them are really good, but some of them that went pro that year, they wouldn't even get, like, fourth at Mm -hmm. a a show now because, like, it's improving, you know? It's just, like, getting better and better, and there's more people competing to becoming more mainstream. Like, if you get online, dude, there's, like, 18- and 19-year-olds, like, that are, like,
1: going hardcore now. Yeah, I want to be wellness. Like, I think – I think wellness was a good division because, it, like, if you were bikini, you're just training, like, fluffy. But, like, if you wanted to transition to wellness, like, you're going to have to actually li- literally bust your ass and, you know, work your legs, like, super hard. So, I, I actually – I like wellness. I feel like those girls kill it.
0: Yeah, I like wellness, too. I think it's also wellness is very, like – I almost think wellness is, like, you, you have it or you don't. Like, you need to know if you're lower body dominant. You know what I'm saying? Because like it's like one of those things like it, it's gonna take you a long time to build those legs without genetics. So, uh-huh. you, <laughs> um, anyways, those are my questions that, that I had that I picked out. Um, which ones? Let's we'll probably tackle like three more from you and then.
1: No, right, that's cool. All right. So as far as like a client's type deal, I have one that said, "What is your favorite type of client to coach?" And it said lifestyle slash competitor, and then whichever one you pick, men versus women.
0: Mine is 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 someone like you. Like I know, like not to toot your horn here, so don't let your head explode. But like someone that's like, I'll send them that email, and I know for a fact every single thing on that email is going to be followed. I don't care if they compete or if their lifestyle, if they're 100 years old or 18 years old. Like someone that it's like you're just just like
1: a hard worker.
0: Yes, and you know it's like there's going to be no excuses every time you open up their email. You know.
1: Okay, so not really, I would say mine honestly, I like the competitor aspect because I've been there. I've done that. I like to see you have a goal in my like a more precise goal and it's winning. So a lot of times they're more driven. But a lifestyle client, I've had a few lifestyle clients that literally are harder workers and have, like you said, less excuses and stuff like that than some competitors because like especially a first time competitor, they don't really know what's going on. They don't know what to expect. They don't know that you're going to be. Yeah, it looks cool to be on stage, but you're about to diet your butt off. You're about to have to still train just as hard, if not harder, and you're going to have to do cardio. So you have to have all that type of, uh, you know, all that, you know, in line and and, and in key. So a lot of times, a lifestyle client, you have more flexibility with them. Also, you don't have you don't have a certain date a lot of times unless it's like a wedding or something like that that you can give them more, you know, a, a good structure to follow. And once they fall in that structure, they're good. With a client or you know, a competitor, a lot of times it's more, um, They, I wouldn't say they worry too much or anything like that, but they just have more weighing on them. So they're a little more iffy. So I would honestly say I like a lifestyle. If I wasn't going with a competitor, I'd probably go more men because women are sometimes funny to deal with. They have uh, – <laughs> more tendencies to do out or in, or extreme things um so that was one of them uh, another one I uh, have actually from one of your clients advice for someone who was four weeks out
0: just stay off of of social media don't compare yourself to people I think that's probably the worst one um and just put your head down and 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 just keep doing what you've been doing you know it's like mm-hmm. do what you what got you to that point. You know, I think too many people probably like, you know, I've, I did this when I was younger too, is like, you're on social media and you're trying to figure out every single person that's doing that show, you know, um, I just say, just keep, keep training hard and, and do the things that you've been doing that got you to that point.
1: Um, another good question, which uh, we're probably gonna have both the same mindset on this. It was from the same person throughout the four week deal. He said, if lifts do start to drop, like your weights start to drop, your reps start to drop with that weight in the last four weeks of prep, do you adjust the volume to adjust for recovery to try to keep that tissue? Because let's be honest, you're not going to grow in those last four weeks. So you probably want to adjust that volume and help with recovery to keep tissue, not lose tissue, but keep tissue. Or would you say push through?
0: I, I say adjust the volume to where you're, you're, the gym less and like you're getting the most out of the least amount of sets that you can at that point so like if you if you've done like hey we're going to do three sets or four sets on this maybe just drop it back to three sets or you know two sets for that for that working exercise Um, and then also um also you can change up the um the rep scheme so like if it's Mm. like you know 15 to 20 um, let's try to do 12 to 15, you know,
1: a little bit, keep it, keep it heavier. Right. The muscle just, more stimulated. Like,
0: just, get all, just try to get out of the gym in a little quicker, you know, just by dropping the volume. Okay. Which, like, you're, right. not, you're not going to keep all your muscle. You're sorry. Yes. You're going to keep all your muscle. You're not going to keep your hundred percent peak off season strength in prep. Like yeah, where no, that's
1: been hard for me. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's just like one of those things you just, you have to, you know, do with what you can there, you know?
1: Well, I think sometimes you get like with me, Last year in prep, I was able to actually PR every single session through every single lift, You which don't, is crazy. You,
0: you don't count. You're a, you're abnormal.
1: But this year, I think I got so strong in that small amount of offseason that I'm actually having to, like, I'm really struggling trying to keep those numbers up now, which I still, like, maybe, you know, three exercises, in, I'm still hitting PRs and stuff like that. But um, anyways, that was one of the well, best that's, for me. I mean,
0: that's – I think that's pretty, like – standard you know like i don't think it's like a worry like now if you have someone that's like making major major strength you're seeing major strength drops off then that's the point where like you need to like be able to micromanage fatigue be like something's not right here Mm -hmm. like where you know we need to look at your sleep we need to look at your recovery we need to maybe take a step back and do like a a a refeed two-day refeed three-day refeed Exactly. like big drop-offs in strength that's not normal and that is where you, over- yeah, lose you. Um, yeah that's
1: where you lose tissue like i'm very first prep literally if you guys are
0: wondering me. what that sound is Justin's actually doing this podcast from his gym
1: yeah, so, yeah that's this i'm back in our power anyways you need to follow us at roughhouse fitness on instagram and check out all the equipment if you're local come and check it out but it's like our strongman area anyways last question We'll do, and then we'll wrap it up. As a coach, when do you pull food versus when do you have It's a very common question, I guess.
0: Um, I think everyone coaches different. I like to get to know the client first before. So if, like, struggling with being able to fit in cardio in their daily, then I'll go with food schedule. So now, if they're a very food-driven person, like most females are, um, then I'll go cardio um, more heavy but just as a median i like to kind of go both at like a kind of fairly even rate you know yeah but do you know you
1: like, do both at the same time
0: yeah right so like if i'm adding like five minutes to your cardio and pulling 20 carbs i think that's better than just like pulling 50 carbs and not pulling any yeah. cardio you know? so again person dependent like some people are very food driven and they need their food so you know, some people can do tons of cardio and as long as they keep their food high, but just me, I like to, I like to pull a little bit of both, um, if needed.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm I'm kind of the same way. I don't like to go, like, I know you, you're more like a guy kind of goes like five minute increments on cardio and stuff like that, or maybe depending, just if,
0: as long as they're on track. Well, oh, yeah, as
1: long as they're on track and stuff like that. But I'm saying normally with me, I've, you've done like a if you're going to add cardio, you add, like, five minutes. You don't add 25 minutes. Like, you know, especially, right. like, out the gate a lot of times, I feel like younger coaches is like, okay, you're doing an hour of cardio starting out. It's like, where do you go from there and stuff like that? But I feel like with me, if like, if I have a bodybuilding client, I would rather keep food more high and a little bit extra cardio as long as your schedule is okay with it. Now, I have a client that gets up, and he actually has to train – in the morning time, he has a, a newborn. He works a you know a, a a school job to where he has to be at work at like eight o'clock. And when he gets off, he his wife wants him at home. So there's no way for him to get up and do thirty to forty five minutes of cardio in the morning. Then train like you can like you you know you're not going to be fueled for that training session. So I might have him do a little bit less food because I know his cardio is not going to be as much and stuff like that. That's kind of how I do it. I don't really, but I I normally don't push and pull at the same time as far as push cardio and pull food. Normally I'll do one this time and like I'm having most of my clients, especially competitors, check in twice a week. So you have enough time to see what's going to happen with that one little push or pull that if I need to pull, like I don't want to get so low in calories, especially like you said with women and stuff like that, that yeah. it's going to Cause them to overeat or, or kind of like not want to do prep or kind of fall out, stuff like that. That's kind of, that's kind of how I go about it. But like you said, there's no, there's no give and take, there's different types of cardio and all that kind of stuff. So I like to keep basically cardio. I don't like to go over an hour if I can. But then like say if I get up to an hour and like they're all, and then they're only doing like six thousand steps. We might go to like try to get them to ten thousand steps or something like that. And then I try to keep I try to keep everything in like a level. If I can right. keep everything in like a level, I think it's more stable. Right. You know, there are some extreme cases though.
0: Well, I think that's good. Covers it for our first episode. I think we got a lot of good info out there and um kind of plan to probably do this bi-weekly, just depending on you know, if if we get to the point where we're getting You know a lot of good feedback we may do this weekly um but we appreciate you tuning in and um, we appreciate
1: all y'all's questions too
0: yeah justin i appreciate you doing this with me and i'm looking forward to um, a lot of good episodes
1: oh yeah until the next time